your side gig might be that one-off project to make ends meet or maybe a long-term project to shoot past four or five figures a month, maybe even six. But today we're talking about three ways to handle your secret side gig. Hey, this is Kelly, and you're listening to Kelly O Says, a podcast for parent entrepreneurs, parentpreneurs who are building businesses and raising great humans. For those who already have a business, maybe your side gig might be your side project. Let's say you're in SEO or you create websites and you branch off into affiliate marketing or building sales funnels on the side for you newbies. You might just be getting started selling projects and services um, online. You know, this might be your first first go at it uh, while still maintaining your nine to five job. How to do that? When to get it done? You know, my first um, online job way back in the day, <laughs> and I thought it was more like a quote unquote job more than a side gig. Um, more than uh, you know, just kind of the freelancer. I, you know, I was coming off. An actual, you know, in-office job, and um, so that's how I thought about it. It's just, just logistics. I'm working from home versus working in an office. And back then, I was doing a medical transcription, and it actually turned it into a business, getting multiple clients, and then getting um, more than one, you know, outsourcing it to more than one transcriptionist, and then many transcriptionists, <laughs> and and then building a business, and, and finally, uh, sort of selling that off later on. But uh, one of the things I did was as I was working on the first sort of client um, and building up from part-time to full-time plus, I didn't really say anything about, I just kept absorbing the work and then farming it out, so to speak. You know, that's um, uh, sort of how a lot of online entrepreneurs do it now. You know, you'll take on one whole giant project and you'll piecemeal it out to your maybe distance teams or uh, other contractors, other freelancers. So kind of the same idea. But what I did was I kept it kind of low key. I didn't let them know, <laughs> my clients know how big I was sort of getting. This was before social media. Oh no, I'm aging myself a little bit. <laughs> before social media was really, really big where you kind of know when someone turns from freelancer to um, you know, entrepreneur or um, agency status, right? So just kind of kept it low key and um, was able to maintain it that way. Um, but moving from freelancer to full to full time, and plus, man, talk about the pressure because you know that if you lose this con this contract or something really happens, other people's paychecks are depending on you. And so no longer does the buck stop with you every day, it pushes through you every day. And that's a lot of pressure. And I hear from a lot of other um, parentpreneurs, you know, our parent, we parent entrepreneurs that are either building businesses online or, you know, even maybe brick and mortar, that that's one of the barriers to even starting. Some For some people, it's even... They worry about that step. What am I going to do if I can't do it all? What am I going to do if I have to farm it out? How am I going to find people? Who to hire and when? And instead of just starting or instead of just pushing through and getting the work or, or getting more clients, I hear a lot that, well, I, I don't want to do that because what if I succeed? Ah, 
oh my gosh. <laughs> I actually saw someone uh, on Facebook the other day. They asked the question, you know, isn't there any work I could do? I don't have a laptop. Isn't there any work that I could do from, you know, a phone or a tablet? And I thought, oh my gosh. I mean, <laughs> for three years straight, I ran my business from my iPhone. <laughs> Sometimes while laying in bed, <laughs> you know, I didn't even get up. So when I heard that, I thought, well, actually, when I read that, I thought, oh, my goodness. So, you know, just some people just have the excuses. So, you know, I came up with um, sort of three tips, not really tips, kind of uh, three ways to handle your sort of secret side gig. And when I say secret, I mean, you know, it could be building something while you're maintaining your business or building something while you're working your nine to five. So it's kind of like, you know, your secret hustle, your side hustle, your side gig. So kind of the first thing would be not to pull the trigger prematurely. And, and by that, I mean, you know, a lot of people, they build their sales funnel or they'll uh, get this great idea and get all excited and slap something on a page and, and get a domain and press it live and boom, I'm in business. Here's my shingle on the internet. I'm ready to go. And nothing happens. You know, have you been there? I mean, it's like so frustrating. But you know, there's so much more that goes, you know, in the background. You know, you have to, what is it that you're selling? And to what audience, what uh, problem are you solving for them? It could really just be that simple. You know, and for veteran entrepreneurs that are listening to this, parentpreneurs, you're thinking, yeah, Kelly, I know that. But I still see it. I still see people who have been in the business for years and still, you know, think, oh, well, when I, I push it live and undone or not done or what is it, half done is better than not done at all. Well, you know, sometimes, especially if you're, you know, you already have a following or maybe you already have. Um, something going on and you press live or press go on that side gig or that side project that's not quite up to snuff can actually hurt you in the long run. So, you know, I urge you to get a little more preparation before, you know, you pull that trigger. And and next to not pulling the trigger prematurely would be number two, which is, you know, get your ducks in a row, man. I mean, you know, kind of take a moment and when you're all excited and you're jotting down every idea that's coming to your head, think about maybe the customer fulfillment, you know, get those ducks in a row. What's it going to look like for that customer once they put their email address on that contact form and hit submit? What's going to happen then? You know, <laughs> uh, kind of map it out. Just take a minute, take five, 10 minutes, map it out. Even if it's something as simple as sending you a notification sending you an email or, you know, if you are mapping out your Facebook messenger bot, what's it going to look like? What is it going to, what messages are you know going to say and how's that fulfillment going to look like? And if it's something bigger, you know, it's not complicated is not always better. So think about that when, you know, did they open my email? Have they seen it in X amount of days? If they don't look at it today, I'm going to send them a new email. <laughs> Or getting so complicated as if they didn't click on this link, I sent them this email. If they didn't open it in six days, I'm going to send them. Sometimes you just got to take a step back and put yourself in your in your customer's shoes. 
what does that fulfillment look like for them? What do you want it to look like for them? What's the feeling that you want them to have when they interact with you and your business? So another reason why don't pull the trigger too quickly is because you don't have your ducks in a row. And, you know, along that line, that line of uh, what's the customer fulfillment look like? What's your customer journey look like? Dealing, interacting with your business, even for the first time, or maybe it's the, you know, hundredth time and you're trying to, to upsell them or bring them back in to your funnel or bring them back in to, to upsell them is maybe you need to upskill. And with that meaning, you know, like right now I'm working on sales skills. I've been a marketer for 20 years, almost 20 years now and um, branching out a little bit and working more on the sales part of it. Used to outsource that and, you know, realizing, you know, the skills that I needed. Yeah. I can sell Google AdWords, Facebook ads, Social marketing, right? SEO, got a big SEO background. And I can talk SEO to the cows come home. <laughs> but, you know, there's a certain part of my sales skills that still need some work. You know, a couple of years ago, I was, um, I, oh my goodness, I wouldn't have been able to do a Facebook Live. Still don't like it, but hey. Um, <laughs> or make a video, training video, or even talk on a podcast. I wasn't really a fan. So I went and got some help with speaking. I started in Toastmasters and started with a, a voice coach and learned some little tips and, and tricks on on public speaking. I don't always get it right. You'll hear me say, um, repeat myself. You know, sometimes I even stop these recordings and have to go back and do it again. But you know, it's upskill. Maybe you need to take a Facebook ads course, You, especially if you're bootstrapping and you don't really want to spend your ad dollar, you know, your, your revenue money just quite yet. You know, there's that, that sweet spot where you have to reinvest the money that you, that you earn, right? Your, your, um, your great dollars that you pulled in, not quite going to take that salary yet. You know, we got to buy some, use it for ad money, but maybe your, you know, the, the way to step up or or um, go to the next level for you, whatever that looks like for you, is to upskill. Take a moment. So when you're looking at your side gig and you're thinking, not quite ready to pull the trigger. I'm not saying like wait six weeks or six months or a year. One time I sat on something for a year because I thought I just don't know if I can pull that off. <laughs> but you know, so. The three things about your side gig would be side gig is whatever you're doing on the side of your main thing right now, full-time job, full-time entrepreneur, you know, whatever, whatever it is for you would be don't pull the trigger too prematurely. Keep your ducks in a row and upskill. There you go. Let me know what you think. Go, go kill it. Parapreneur. Hey, if you enjoyed this Parentpreneur Project podcast, I would love to hear from you. Leave me a review. That way, the podcast platform that you're listening to right now knows that this is valuable information. And I'll see you next time.